Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. If it is your first time here, welcome and thank you for joining me and my guest. And if it is your not your first time, welcome back and you know you are in for a really good story that is going to inspire you and encourage you to discover the beauty within the mess. So this is season one and this is episode seven. Can't believe we're in episode seven. I'm going to go get right into the podcast and I'm going to introduce my guest, Be Your Own Kind platform promotes self-love and building of self-esteem. Our goal is to encourage individuality. The creator, Renita, plans to spread the word of living the life that is conducive to your personal goals and success. Instead of trying to find a lane, she learned it's best to create your own. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation with Renita. Hello, Renita, and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am happy to have you here. I do extensive research on my guests and it's always good to kind of read um, stuff about them and all the stuff they're doing and just see how we're similar. So I'm excited to get into this conversation with you. But of course, let's start with the first question. What is something you thought would break you, but it didn't? Well, I mentioned um, getting expelled from college um, on my form because that was like the end of the world at 19, right? Um, That was the first time I've ever experienced failure. I've always been like an honor roll student, never had, you know, any issues um, with academics. I actually didn't have issues with academics until I discovered partying in college. And then um, my uh, apartment, my total apartment set on fire. And I didn't have the knowledge to just drop the classes when I was going through all of all of that. And um, I, I just wasn't dealing with it and wasn't going to class. And so eventually that got me expelled from school. Um, and like I said, that was the first failure that that I experienced. So I thought that that was just the end of me. Like, I'm never going to be able to get back in school. I'm never going to be able to be that career girl that I wanted to be. Um, and it took me four years later that I did return to school and earn two degrees. But during that time, um, during those four years, I just, I felt so defeated. Um, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror because it's just like, you're, you're not who you thought you were. You know, I feel like I was experiencing what I know now is maybe imposter syndrome. Like, you're not capable of this. You can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, even when I did graduate from school and things of that sort, um, I was diagnosed with depression maybe um, five, five or six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And all of the things, I never forgave myself from 19 
Mm. Up until then. So I'm going through the motions. I'm going through life, you know, thinking I got it all together, thinking I got it all figured out. Yet in the back of my mind, I haven't forgiven myself for that failure back in 19. So I never wow. felt capable of anything. I never thought that um, I was even worthy of success because I felt like I squandered an opportunity that other people, you know, wish, wish they had, you know, mm. and I just felt like any opportunity that came came in my spot, I was self-sabotaged because I just knew that I was just going to fall short on that opportunity. Mm. So I missed a lot of opportunities in my twenties and early thirties, just for the simple fact. Yeah. And just for the simple fact that I didn't believe in myself. I lost confidence. Yeah. Wow. Can we just end the podcast here? Like (laughs) (laughs) you just said everything. So, um, what was that like going from like the honor roll to that day that you saw that let was it a letter or an email they told you you were expelled or it was a, it was an email and a letter <laughs> um it it was um it was all striking like not in a good way it was um it was devastating what was even more heartbreaking was to tell my parents mm because it was their dream come to find out not really mine I went back to school because I eventually figured out that's what I wanted to do but I initially went to school because I had no choice then the matter of growing up like you had to go to school and I wanted to go to the military I initially wanted to go to the military Mm -hmm. and my parents were like no you need to you know go to school I, I and like at 39, I realized at 19, I had all the, the opportunities to make my own decisions. But at 19, you don't know that because you're still under your parents mm-hmm. regime, you know, so it was more devastating and more heartbreaking for them because it was their dream because they wow. they wanted to graduate, but never did. That is such a huge weight. And let's not let's not forget about the fact that you had a fire in your apartment, which did you lose all of your stuff in the fire uh, or funny thing? I'm the only one that lost my stuff. No one else did. The funny thing is I had a boyfriend that um, resided in Mar- Maryland mm-hmm. and he asked me to come visit. And it was two weeks after nine 11. And so my mom didn't want me to get on the plane because you know, it was not nine 11. It just happened. So I went anyway. And thankfully I did because when she, my room was all the way in the back of the apartment mm-hmm. and my sister was in the front. My mom was in the middle. And there was like this section where the bath, it was like a, the kitchen, the like lounging area. And then my room was back there. When she woke up, the fire was up to the ceiling back where my room was at. Mm. So it had I been there by the time she woke up, I'd have died. Because I'm a very heavy sleeper. I wouldn't have even felt, felt the wow. heat felt anything. So um I was destined to be here. So what that happened, I'm like, man, I'm destined to be here. And then when I squandered that school opportunity, I'm like, I'm wasting it. And I couldn't get, I couldn't come back from that. Mm. Was it like, cause it's like you, you have this, this trauma of, oh my God, there's fire in my house. And I realized that if I was in the fire, I could have, could have died. Right. So I think that in itself is, you know, something to deal with. And then you've gotten, oh my gosh, I'm leaving this. But you keep using this word. I'm curious. <laughs> this is my therapy self. You keep using this word squandered or you wasted it. Is it true though? No. I realized today I didn't. 
the the reality of it was mm-hmm. I was going through a lot and was still trying to go through the motions if I was I wasn't acknowledging all of the things and all of the 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 things that happened and for me to have dropped the class would have been that I can't I'm not that strong you know person that I'm supposed to be it would have been it would have shown a, a sign of weakness so my pride my pride prevented me for admitting that hey maybe I need to take a beat and get it incomplete at this moment and just deal with what's going on at hand so in a sense the thing that you was trying to avoid by keep going happened anyway right <laughs> okay <laughs> right I don't have anything else this is exactly what happened <laughs> like what <laughs> but <laughs> wow uh yeah I'm speechless it's like <laughs> wow you know what is that what does that kind of tell you what do you what do you make of that like literally pride goes before destruction literally literally it is okay to take a beat and take a break I feel like when we don't take a break we're trying to prove something to someone else you know we're trying to prove we can be this person that we're supposed to be and you know I feel like that's why I feel like I didn't take a break I can only speak for myself when in fact it didn't matter what everybody thought about my decision it was the decision that was best for me you know, so I, I feel like I predicated a lot of my decisions in my early 20s based off what people would think of me. That's so common, though. Can you tell us some of those concerns you had about what people would think? What are those like fears or kind of stigma you would probably maybe trying to avoid or? It's, yeah, it was just like I was just pumped up to be some some prodigy like in a sense like you dress this certain way you proper this way you talk this way you conduct yourself this way you know um then it just start it was just so many segments after a while like when I became a wife you, you have to be this way you have to conduct yourself this way you're heavy set so heavy set women are supposed to conduct themselves you're supposed to be quiet you're supposed to serve this person you're supposed to serve that person you know um and then when I was diagnosed with depression it got even worse oh, we're just going to tiptoe around you on eggshells and, you know, not treat you like an adult and a child. So it's a stigma along with that. So um, it, it, it just, I just felt like it was just so many rules. And after a while, I was just on like autopilot. We're just trying to fit all these macros is what I call it. All these little mini macros of what I need to be in this world, the type of daughter I need to be, type of wife, type of friend, type of, you know, employee. And um, that inevitably led to a nervous breakdown and this yeah, been, yeah I, had a, I had a nervous breakdown <laughs> I'm just like my everyone my face is like my mouth is like just hanging because I'm exhausted listening to the rules and yeah. uh, and I think so many people can relate to the rules that are spoken and unspoken I'm and I'm not surprised it led to a breakdown because then you were never being you um, right you were never being you. Do you ever recall or can you ever think about what the fear was if you weren't following the rules? Like, what do you think may have happened if you didn't follow, follow the rules at that time? I would lose everybody close to me. Mm. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't make them, I'm getting teary-eyed, I wouldn't make them proud. I will, you know, I'm not worthy enough. I don't fit their definition. So I always was afraid of being abandoned if I wasn't this, whatever I was supposed to be. I felt that way. Yeah, so, I mean, I have therapy. I'm in, I have a therapist nowadays. So she, she's letting me know that I'm codependent, which is obvious from this conversation. But, um, <laughs> but back then I just thought that, that that was the norm. Mm. you know and so when I had my nervous breakdown I pretty much just I, I even left my house like with my husband I left and just moved in with my grandma and I just took a minute to get away from everybody you know and um went through the program of the outpatient or whatever and um over time I started getting acquainted with myself and through that journey that's what birthed my be your own kind brain because I knew I knew what it was like to not feel to feel defected like you're here on accident. Like I always felt like God was asleep in the baby factory and I somehow I slipped out. That's how I used to feel. Like wow. I had no purpose. Like he forgot about me because I was an accident. I wasn't supposed to be here, nice. you know? And that was, that's very dark, but that's how I felt, you yeah. know? Yeah, because, and I felt that way because I wasn't an individual, right? Because God makes us in, you know, God makes us individual and unique. And I wasn't living in that at all. So I don't, anybody that ever felt like that, I wanted to be a blessing to them and help them along the way and let them know they're not alone in that. And you can't climb out of that. Like you said, I think, like you said, it's so dark, such a dark and such a lonely place to be. Yep. And it's also such a shaming place to be or embarrassing especially because you have all these ex everyone has all these expectations of you you're this protege how could you possibly and then now you're in this space and you're like oh my gosh I've got to you know first admit to myself and then to the world and then to no not to the world but to those I love um that in itself is like even more nerve-wracking would you would you agree or yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And and when that pressure was released, I realized like half of those people were okay with me just being the way I am. Now, those people are still in my life. They didn't abandon. It was it was what something I created in my head for the most part. Have you ever been able to identify how that started? That creation of, you know. Of, of, in terms of how you kind of saw yourself that you know you weren't how comes I'm here I'm kind of forgotten like were you, have you ever been able to identify how that started well my dad um I don't want to tell his business but he was in and out of my life mm. um so while he was out of my life my mom had married um, again her second husband and he was in my life from age five to 12 and then he uh, uh, just up and left Mm. you know um so I was dealing with two people in my life like major people in my life my dad was in and out he just left and didn't come back um and I felt like I internalized that and felt like maybe it was something I did wrong yeah and so I think that was the moment subconsciously where I'm like well I have to be this certain person because I don't want I don't want the people to leave me you know maybe it's me and this is a childhood imagination that grew up with me mm-hmm because yeah. it's not reality, but after a while, I, you know, I, I, you create these defense mechanisms and don't even know it. And it shapes 
everything we do going forward. So I think that was that pivotal point when when my uh, stepdad left. That I, I think it clicked something in my head that it's me. I can't keep anybody around. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, that you would come up with that, you know, story. And like you said, um, just so everyone knows that when we're a child, our brain is still developing, and so we right. don't have the ability to have the reasoning um, as an adult that oh it's not me we just we just we're very limited in how we see things and we just see the pattern and then we look at ourselves and especially if no one's not telling us it's not you um no one's not having those conversations to tell you it's not you you don't have anything to kind of you know kind of dis dismantle that belief that you're having um and so i uh, unfortunately it's very common that when things happen to us in our childhood, childhood development, it stays with us um, until we do the work and kind of, you know, heal from that. So tell us a bit about the work that you have done. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> well, I said a bit, you know, <laughs> you can give us, you can give us the highlights. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a couple of highlights. Uh, first thing I went into outpatient. Um, this is the the preface for everything else. She asked me, how was I feeling? And I'm like, I'm fine. She was like, try again. I said, why? She was like, if you were fine, you wouldn't be here. She said, I feel like I'm fine is your auto response. She handed me a flyer with a whole bunch of emotions. And while I was going, I was never allowed to say I'm fine. And that was the start of me being in tune with my emotions. Now, if you call me and if I'm having a day, I will say, how are you doing? I'm, I'm irritated. I'm annoyed. I'm great. I'm overjoyed. I hardly use the word fine anymore because now I'm, I'm actually saying how I feel. And I felt like that is because they not reprogram me, but deprogram me from just saying I'm fine. So I wouldn't seem like a burden to other people. Um, but other than that, I had to do the work to learn how to make decisions as a standalone and not predicated upon um, other people's opinions. If they don't like it, what can I do? I'm an adult at this point, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> if, if I fail, I fail, it's a lesson learned, but I wanna try it. Um, I did a lot, I learned tools of um, how to manage emotions. I, I set, um, set people that I contact when like life is just really like beating me down. <laughs> you know, if I'm just having a bad day, those set people, I talked to, I had to learn that I have to open my mouth. I couldn't keep all that stuff inside because I feel like that's what led to that nervous breakdown in the first place. I never shared what was going on with me. I kept it all to myself. So I opened my mouth and, and to tell people, hey, I don't like it when you say that to me. When you do this, it makes me feel this way. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I started setting boundaries. You cannot say and do whatever with me anymore because I am the most precious thing I'll ever have. Mm. And I'm not gonna allow you to beat that down. Mm. And when you went to PHP, it was, a well, sorry, it, you went to outpatient PHP, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when you went, did that, you, you're saying all the stuff from when you were expelled from college came up then as well? It did. Plus my dad. That's how I realized I was the root of everything. Just childhood, you know. I didn't even get to the, the college part probably to the end because it was so much stuff before that that probably led up to that, you know. Um, 
and what I was going through things before that I just think that when I got expelled it was like it was the last straw I think it was just I was already on edge mm. and I felt like that pushed me over but I wasn't I wasn't acknowledging anything that was going on with me because I was so busy being a Stepford person <laughs> 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 I can't think of a better way. <laughs> perfection. <laughs> right. He's <laughs> trying to achieve perfection, which doesn't exactly. exist. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. That was that was the focus. <laughs> right. You know, I want to be perfect for everybody. And then so so later on when when I when I went through all that, I'm like, well, it would have took any failure for me to go over. It would have took any failure. <laughs> at this point it wasn't even that specific thing it's just whatever I would have felt at at that time it was just I was already on edge I was gonna tip off anyway Mm, that was just the last straw yep did the failure of that so that was like confirming that belief again that you already had as a child that was it that was like see this is this is what I've been believing and this just proves it. Yep. You know, sometimes actually people have a nervous breakdown and don't make changes. They get back up and they do the same thing. What was the thing inside of you or words or, or situation that said, I can't do this anymore? Not just, oh, I'll get better and then I'll just continue. All I have to do is get better because some people do do that. <laughs> to, to be transparent, okay, being made to do it in outpatient, how I felt so good after that, I'm like, I need to continue this. You know, they had me write letters to my dad that I never gave him. It's just mm-hmm. the fact of getting it out. Mm-hmm. They had me speak, and the more I spoke, the more stuff I'm like, this do bother me. Oh, I forgot this happened. Oh, I forgot. Like I suppressed absolutely everything. Everything mm-hmm. started just flooding. It mm-hmm. was very overwhelming. Um, and and I liked how I felt after that. So when I left outpatient, I didn't get a therapist for maybe like three, four years after that. You know, so after I just finished porn, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna continue to do the work. So I started writing more because there was a point I couldn't even pray like aloud. So I would just write letters to God. I did that as a kid, a kid for years. So I started back writing, writing letters to God, you know, and then eventually I was able to talk to God, you know, and then, then I started writing about my feelings, just period. So I just found ways to get it out. Mm, okay. So yeah. experiencing the difference, you were like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going back to that Mm-mm. because I know how this feels. Mm, yeah, that's a big, that does make a big difference. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back there is kind of dark, so I'm trying to walk towards the light. <laughs> I can, I can relate. You're like, oh no, I'm not doing that again. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, that was crazy. That was, uh, uh-uh, no, not doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like that now. When I start to feel like, oh, I'm getting back into that habit. Oh no, 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 no. We have to change this. So right, I can totally relate. <laughs> So, um, where would you say you are now? Oh my God. I am the most fantastic person I've ever met. I have a purpose. I'm here for a reason. I wasn't in a weird factory. I am here purposely. 
I feel more in tune with myself and more connected with myself. Um, in, tune, in turn of being more connected with myself, my relationships, friendship, marriage, you know, uh, my family has gotten better because now I can be myself without worrying about what anybody think because it's none of my business what they think of me anyway. You know, that's, that's their thing. It's not my problem. Mm. <laughs> it's not my problem how you want me to live. It's not my problem if you don't agree. It's not. And I'm okay with being myself. And that's, so that was, a, as you heard, that was a long road for me to get here. You know, and it feels good to look in the mirror. Because I used to look in the mirror and cry and look in the mirror and didn't have nothing to say. Now I can look in the mirror and say, good morning, gorgeous. What are we going to do? What are we going to do today? Or if I have a bad day, I know that I can recognize and be like, no, nah, we're not going to do this today. What are we going to do that's going to make us smile? You know, I'm having, it sounds crazy. I'm having conversations with myself, but I am my own friend. Either I'm going to be my own enemy or my old friend. It's, it's, one, of, it's one or the other. So I chose to be my own friend. I mean, no, it makes total sense. It's not crazy at all. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I do it and I literally say, oh my gosh, you are so sexy. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Um, and definitely, you know, I say all the time, you know, I talk about becoming your own best friend. Like you have to become, you know, when we're, you know, we criticize and that inner critic can come in so much. It's like, well, when are you going to be, like you said, instead of being your enemy, when are you going to be your friend? When are you going to, you know, change? Because you're the one who's with you all the time for the rest of your life. Exactly. And when I learned like the power of metacognition, like, no, we can't stop the thoughts that's going through our head. However, we can choose the ones we entertain. And that was so empowering to me because I thought I had to entertain all those um, defeated thoughts. Now, when they come on my app pass, then when the nice will come, like, oh, yeah, I probably do want fish for dinner. Like, I want, <laughs> like, I'm going to entertain the thoughts that serve me. And, and no, I'm not always successful at it because we're human. Once again, we can't reach perfection. But I know when that thought comes, it's like, sometimes I would actually say it out loud and laugh. Or I'd write it down and be like, that's utterly ridiculous. Mm. You know, like, because it's not always, you know, like I said, I'm, some, I have high days, I have low days. The difference is I don't stay there. That mm. was the thing. I would stay there, but I, I, I can't afford to stay there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I love that. No, you can't. You can't afford <laughs> Um. So one of the things I see you say is um, it's never an inopportune time to be yourself. That is like your tagline. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a bit about that. It's just never a time to be somebody else. Why waste that? Why waste that? Why waste being someone else when you can just be yourself? I always tell people life is not an audition. We only get one chance at this thing. So why spend it being miserable living under somebody else's blueprint when you could just have a fantastic life being you and figuring you out, figuring out where you want to go and what you want to do, creating your own lane and just rocking that lane. Would you say that to your 19-year-old self? Have you ever considered what you would say to your 19-year-old self when she realized she was expelled? You know what? <laughs> Funny, I have. <laughs> okay. And what I would tell her is just chin up, like chin up. This is, this is nothing. This is so small to, to what you're like, so small to what you're going to like, 
achieve in the future. You know, this is just a, a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take it. So don't take it as a permanent, a permanent failure. And I learned so many lessons from that. And that sounds crazy, but or insane. But if I could have done it all over again, I'd have did it the same way because I feel like that is what made like had I not had that failure, how long would it have been before I tipped over? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm happy it started there because because of that, 20 years ago, I'm where I'm at now. So I wouldn't change it for that reason alone. You know, thank you. So many people, I'm sure there are some people thinking, wait, what? That failure was okay. Especially for my people who are struggling with perfectionism out here. And then other people are like, yeah, I never saw it that way before. So is it really failure? Because I always say personally, you know, you don't fail. You only fail when you don't get back up, right? Right, right. So if if you were to call it something else, what would you call it besides failure? I think I only call it failure because it's associated with school. Okay. <laughs> and I failed, I failed the class. But I normally call them lessons. Mm. Yeah, I normally call misfortunes lessons. And it's really, once again, misfortune is not even a, a, good, a good word for that. It's, it's simply a lesson. I'll leave it like that. It's simply a lesson because I learned from that. We learn from things that are that happens unfavorable in our life because we're all going to have that. There are just some things in life we cannot control. And when we did control it, we didn't control it favorably. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we learned from that. Because I tell you one thing, if, if something happens so bad or, or so misfortune to you, you know you're not going to go back there. And then the, the beauty of it is when you come across a person that is at, at that road and at that fork in the road, your experience can help them navigate in the right direction. So we don't just go through life for us. We go through life to help those maybe avoid the same traps that we fell into. Mm-hmm. So it's not just all about us. Mm-hmm. What would you say then to the people that may be dealing with they're fearful of doing something? Ultimately, if I do this, it's going to break me and I'm going to lose everyone, my, my people that are close to me. What would you tell them? For the people that you do lose when you do step out, they were never your circle anyway. Because of people that love you for who you are, don't put those stipulations and um, high expectations on you. People just love, so people just love on you just because of who you are. And if you are in a situation where that is not the case, that's not your circle. So if they leave, good, good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> and to anyone who was in that really dark place where you were what would you say to them give yourself patience because you didn't just get there it happened over time so give yourself time to to come I say come to the light but and give yourself grace because this is something new anytime you're trying to change something there's I feel like there's always a battle because a part of you just want to stay there because it's comfortable. And another part is trying to fight because it's drowning. And give yourself grace on those days where that, that unfavorable side may win. Because once again, perfection is, is, is not a thing. It's not real. It doesn't exist. And keep trying and don't give up. And keep doing the work 
don't stop ever doing the work. If you need a break from the work, you take a break, but that's all you can take is a break. You cannot stay there. Don't allow yourself to stay there. Even if you got to put a calendar, um, put, put a date on the calendar, you know what, I'm going to feel this way for this day, but tomorrow I'm going to let it go. I'm going to feel this way for five minutes. Try to try to figure out how long you want to work on this thing because everything doesn't, it don't even take 10 minutes to deal with and move over. And then some things you just have to work on it on a day-to-day basis. But either way, you have to have patience with yourself because it's a long road. It's a long road. It it lasts until you die. So be patient with yourself. <laughs> oh no, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> but it that's true. Me. We're true. constantly evolving. We're going to evolve yeah. and, and move. And, and once you get out of one area, then there's going to be another area. Then there's going to be another area. We never stop growing and evolving. The day that you feel that there's nothing that needs to be changed, you stop learning. You stop growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I believe that. And, and I mean, I agree. We, that would be a perfect life and there's no such thing in, in life happens. So let's learn to develop the tools and, and, and learn how to face that. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. So um, I always like to ask this question. What's something that is messy in your life right now? It could be physically messy, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is. <laughs> what? My- I am struggling with organization, so everything is messy. <laughs> I'm just trying to organize schedule, organize my closet. <laughs> just see, you see, I just want people to know it's real in these streets. <laughs> I need an extra five hours in my day, <laughs> so basically, I am trying to just uh some things and organize I'm just trying to organize my life so it's, it's all messy right now but it's coming together um I I, I feel I, I just buy a lot of stuff and I'm trying to say hey you don't need that thing and then I look at my closet and all these clothes it's like I'm in a store I don't even remember buying that stuff like where does dress come from like I'm shocked when I'm in my mm-hmm. closet oh ooh, like my closet shouldn't be a store I should not know what's not in there so <laughs> I'm trying to give stuff away and and purge and just organize things yeah yeah oh my gosh I love it thank you for sharing you know the work that she's done life is still messy you know discovering the beauty in the mess Uh, I love it well it has been a pleasure is there anything else you want to leave um with the audience or want them to know just getting it out is so important just talking with you for, for these 30 minutes has been like I don't know, it's been inspiring because nothing is more inspiring than comparing where you are now to where you come from. I don't think about that every day. So I just I just thank you for the, the opportunity to, to go there. You're welcome. Well, thank you for sharing with us. We appreciate that. Um, we appreciate that. So thank you so much, Renita, for being on the podcast. Can you tell us um, where can people shower you with love? Okay, I have a site, www.beyourownkind.com. You can find everything there. The links to all my social media sites is at the top, my podcast, uh, blog, and um, I have a YouTube channel. So you can find all that information on their website. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Wasn't that a powerful 
story. You know, one of the things I love about doing this podcast and people are sharing and recounting their stories, I'm finding my guests are like, wow, I didn't know I did that. Wow. Thank you for allowing me to just talk through my story again and just remind me of where I come from. And if their own story can inspire and make them feel empowered, just imagine what it's doing for you and what it can do for you. So that just puts a smile on my face. So a few takeaways, as always. Um, The first takeaway is the fear of losing others can cause us and really fuel us to please other people. My second takeaway, how important it is to be honest with your children. Because if not, they may not end up taking on blame and responsibility for themselves because they're really not in a space to process um, blame and run responsibility and understand what's happening. So in the best way that you can, it's so important just to be honest. And lastly, being yourself is the best thing you can do for yourself. So those are my takeaways. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please share this with a friend, a family member, a colleague. Please, people need this. People need to be set free and really do embrace their imperfections, discover the beauty in the mess, and just know they don't have to be perfect and have this perfect life and that they're capable and equipped. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to It Didn't Break Me. If you like this episode, please follow the podcast and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please don't forget to share this with a friend and you can tag me on Instagram with your takeaway from this episode at Authentically Be You. If you want to keep abreast of upcoming episodes, please sign up for the newsletter on the podcast website, it didn't break me.com. And remember to discover the beauty within the mess.